Hey everyone, my name is Fernie. I'm the pastor here at Mid City Church. I'm so glad that you are joining us today, and I'm so glad that you have joined us for the last couple of weeks. I don't know about you, but I have really enjoyed our current sermon series, Asking for a Friend. In case you missed some of them, or, or this is the first time you're listening in, let me tell you a little bit about this series. So we started off with Reverend Brady, who's a senior pastor at First United Methodist Church, who is which is our, our mother church, uh, our, our main campus. And uh, we talked about science and religion and whether or not they can coexist. And one of my favorite moments of that conversation was when Reverend Brady taught us that science is a systematic study of the natural world, while religion is the human understanding of and even our relationship to God or the one who put everything into motion. And so um, I love what he said, like science and religion have to coexist. Uh, so so I really I really enjoyed that conversation. The week after that, I had a conversation with Reverend Sam Hubbard, who's the Associate Director of the Office of Congregational Development and Transformation for the Louisiana Annual Conference. And he's also the pastor of the Southeastern Louisiana Wesley Foundation, uh, uh, Southeastern University uh, Wesley Foundation. And um, he and I had a conversation about uh, why, if God exists, is there still suffering? That was a, a really difficult conversation to have. And uh, it was it was amazing, though. And we talked about how we tend to see suffering as a punishment from God rather than just consequences of life. And so through our conversation, we, we try to flip the script. And we talked about, like, if somebody has cancer, for instance, uh, we, don't, we don't believe God is punishing them. We believe it's just a, a, a consequence of uh, all the pollutants we put in the air and uh, so many decisions we made throughout, throughout um, you know, our, our lives uh, that, that affect one another. And so uh, when, when somebody's diagnosed with cancer, for instance, we said uh, God's not punishing that person. It's just a consequence of human decisions and actions uh, throughout history. So that was, a, that was a fun conversation. Like I said, a difficult one, but it was a good conversation to have. The week after that, we talked about sexuality, human sexuality, with Reverend Jenny Edwards Bertrand, who is the pastor of Hope Church in Bloomington Normal, Illinois. And through that conversation, she said a phrase that's going to stick with me forever. I asked her if it was possible to be United Methodist and to be an ally. And, and her answer, this was the answer she gave me. She said, can we ignore the 578 commands from God to love all people? In other words, she challenged us to remember that God is calling us to love all people just as God loves all people. I, I really enjoyed that conversation because one of our values at Mid-City Church is kingdom diversity, which uh, for us means that uh, we believe the kingdom of God is more diverse than we can even begin to imagine. And, and we see that throughout the book of Revelation. And, and we believe that if the kingdom of God is diverse, that if heaven's diverse, then so should the church here on earth. And so um, it, it was It was just a lot of, it was a really good conversation. I really, I really, really enjoyed that one. The following week, we talked to my friend Austin Reinhardt, who is a pastor, the senior pastor at McGuire United Methodist Church in West Monroe, which is in uh, North Louisiana. And he and I talked about the question, uh, we, talk, we talked about this question, is the God of the Old Testament the same as the God of the New Testament? And, uh, you know, this question came out of, um, uh, as I've journeyed with people through the Bible, I've heard a lot of times people say, well, God of the Old Testament was this way, but God of the New Testament is this way. And, and so Austin and I talked about it and simply said, our answer is, yes, the, the God of the Old Testament is the same as the God of the New Testament. But Austin helped us to go a little deeper. And uh, my favorite moment in that conversation was when Austin mentioned that God never changes, but rather it's our understanding of God 
that is always evolving. I love that phrasing that he used. And he basically connected this to our relationship with our parents, right? When we're young, we have a certain connection, a certain relationship with our parents. And as we get older, it changes, right? When we're young, we depend on them for food. As we get older, we depend on ourselves. And eventually, uh, uh, you know, our parents depend on us for food, right? Um, Austin explained it a little bit more. And he even said, and I'll just throw this caveat out there, that that uh, example only goes so far. And he's right. But, but just this idea of our relationship with God is what changes. Who we are changes, which makes us think that maybe God changes. But, but ultimately, God does not change. Well, and then last week, we had my absolute favorite conversation of the whole series. I'm sorry to everybody else. Y'all did great. But my favorite conversation was with uh, my friend Rachel Billups, who is the senior pastor of Kingsburg United Methodist Church in Tip City, Ohio. And uh, she and I had a conversation about women in ministry, and uh, I'll never forget, this This really stuck with me. I'll never forget when Rachel said this phrase. She said, as a 17-year-old, uh, as a 17-year-old girl, she felt called to ministry, but at the same time, she had to wonder if she would be going to hell for saying yes to her call to ministry. Look, I've got to tell you, that, that story really broke my heart a little bit because it made me wonder how many women out there have uh, felt a very clear call to ministry, but they've said no to it because all they've heard is people say that women can't speak in the church and that women should not lead the church. And, and so her story just, just really broke my heart. So I absolutely loved when uh, Rachel challenged us to live out of this abundance mindset where we can create room for all people to lead, including women. Like I said, I, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed every single one of these conversations. I love talking to all these people. I want to thank all of them for being a part of these conversations. And if you missed any of them, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to them. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, just search for Mid-City Church Sermon Casts. Or you can watch them on our Facebook page or YouTube page. Uh, just search for Mid-City Church BR. Again, I want to thank you for tuning into the series. And, uh, and like I said, if you missed any of them, you really want to go back. To listen to them. But before we completely close out this series, I want to answer one more question. And here it is. After all of these conversations we have had, what happens if we don't agree with something that was said? What happens if you believe something different than I do based on the conversations that we had? What happens then? Let me answer the, that question this way. Last week, as I was talking to Rachel, I mentioned uh, about my conversation with a guy named Parker. Now, Parker and I shared, uh, well, I shared a small part of my conversation with Parker, with Rachel, in the last week's sermon. So I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. But let me share a little bit more of the story with you that I didn't share with Rachel last week. So I was sitting at one of my favorite coffee shops in Mid-City, City Roots, and I was working on my sermon. I had my Bible laid out. I had my cup of coffee. Uh, I had my, my uh, Word document open. I was ready to get to work. And all of a sudden, this guy just walks past me and goes into the restroom. And uh, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. Like he was seeing what I was doing. And sure enough, when he got out of the bathroom, he uh, came straight to my table. Uh, he sat next to me and said, uh, what are you working on? Worried as to why he was even asking me this question, I was like, well, I'm, I'm working on some things for church. He smiled. He got a little bit more comfortable in his chair. And, and he said, so uh, what denomination is your church? Uh, and and it, does it have any similarities to the Baptist church? He said, because I grew up in that church. I'm not going to lie to you. The first thought that crossed my mind 
was, oh boy, here we go. I don't have time for this. And look, sure enough, I did not have time for what happened next. I sat at that table for a little over two hours having a discussion and, and even at times arguing about theology. He completely disagreed with so much of my theology and our understanding of of so many things as United Methodist. And and for like two hours, we went in circles over and over and over again, Uh, him trying to convince me and me saying why I believed otherwise. And I think the most frustrating part of the whole conversation was that I kept telling Parker that there was nothing he could say to convince me to think otherwise. And I knew that there was nothing I could say to convince him to think otherwise. And so... Uh, I knew we were both wasting our time, um, but of course, that didn't convince uh, either one of us to stop the conversation. Well, finally, after about two hours later, I had had enough, and I said and I said this to him. I said, you know what, Parker? I said, it's okay that we disagree on some things. So let's just stop arguing, and let's go our separate ways. I affirm your call, and I ask that uh, you will extend the same grace to me and affirm my call. I grabbed my stuff. And I walked away. You see, I, I, I've been thinking about that experience a lot. And, and here's what I've been thinking. And I want to I share these thoughts with you. Ultimately, from a macro level, from 30,000 feet in the air, my disagreement with Parker doesn't really matter. Because if Parker genuinely loves and follows Jesus, which I really believe he does, and if I genuinely love and follow Jesus, which I think I do, then Parker is my brother in Christ and I have to put disagreements aside and I have to choose to love Parker no matter what. Romans chapter 14 verse 3, it says this, Paul says, Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. I love this verse. If you don't want to eat, great. Just don't uh, judge those who do. And if you do want to eat, then great. Just don't judge the ones who don't want to eat, right? The reality is that when it comes to me and Parker, or Parker and I, uh, to that encounter, I have two choices. I can either choose to judge Parker and tear him down and keep arguing with him because I disagree with him, or I can love him simply because I know that God loves him. And when it comes down to it, even though I disagree with him, I have to love Parker because God loves Parker. Friends, I want you to hear me say this. This is what I've learned through my conversation with Parker. I want you to hear me say this. If you disagreed with some of the stuff that I said in this series or that my friends said in this series, it is okay to disagree. I I may not agree with you, and we can have a long conversation about why you believe what you believe, and I'll tell you why I believe what I believe, and, 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 you know, we, we can go back and forth. Ultimately, it's okay to disagree. I may not agree with you, but I want you to hear me say this. I still choose to love you because I know that God loves you. And I really do mean that. Even if we disagree, I still choose to love you because I know that God loves you. And I really do mean that. But here's the thing. Even though I choose to love you, even though I choose to love Parker, I will continue to fight for what I believe in. I will continue to make the church a place where all people are welcome. 
I will continue to preach a gospel of peace and not one that believes God sends down punishment on people as a result of our sins. I will continue to help people say yes to their calling, regardless of their gender, their sexuality, their race, or anything else. You see, it may ultimately be okay that Parker and I disagree, and I will choose to love him, but I can't pretend that our disagreement doesn't matter to some people. I cannot pretend that our disagreement doesn't matter to people. At one point between Parker's conversation and I, uh, there was a comment that was said about uh, the order is women and then men. You heard me talk about that last week. And, and I said to him, no, I believe all women are equal. And I said that loud, out, very loud in that coffee shop because I wanted to make sure that anybody who heard our conversation knew that I didn't agree with Parker because I believe women are equal to men, both in ministry, in the house, household and everywhere, women are equal to men. You see, I, I, I can love Parker because I know God loves him, but I cannot pretend that our disagreement doesn't matter to the people around, especially the people who are listening in. You see, I'm willing to bet that our stance on women in ministry matters to people like 17-year-old Rachel Billups or any young woman out there who feels a call to ministry, because for her, Knowing that there is someone out there who affirms her calling can change everything. So for those of you listening, I want you to hear me say this. I affirm women in ministry. I am willing to bet that our stance on why there is suffering in this world, if God really does exist, matters to people. Especially those going through a really difficult time. You see, because I've heard from many people who are going through a very difficult time, I've heard them wonder, is God punishing me for something? Well, let me say this. For those of you listening today, I do not believe God is punishing you. And I can promise you that God didn't cause this on you to teach you something. I can also promise you that God is with you right now. And God is journeying through your struggles with you. God is experiencing that sorrow with you. And God wants you uh, to, to, to be able to move past this someday. But until then, God is with you right there. I'm also willing to bet that our stance on human sexuality deeply matters to those in the LGBTQI community who have been led to believe that there is an asterisk next to their name when it comes to their relationship with God. I want you to hear me say this. You are always welcome here. You see, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. I believe that the kingdom of God is more diverse than we can even begin to imagine. And if the kingdom of God is diverse, then the church should reflect that diversity. See, I believe that science and religion can coexist. I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That it's not God who changes. It's our understanding of God that changes and evolves. Which means that we don't have to worry about the Old Testament God coming back again to punish us. Like That God is the same always. See, I believe these things and I will fight for these things. But friends, hear me say this. Even if you disagree with me, I will still love you because I know that God loves you. Even if you disagree with me, you are always welcome because I know God welcomes both you and I. And even if you disagree with me, I hope you will cho uh, still choose to love me and welcome me because, friends, I will choose to still love you and welcome you. Will you pray with me?
gracious and loving God, what we believe matters. And what we say has the power to hurt people, to tear people down. God, I pray that our words may lift people up and not tear them down. And so, God, as we as we wrestle through some of these things, if we disagree, God, let us not tear each other down. Let us affirm one another. Let us love one another. Let us welcome one another. But also, God, give us the courage to fight for what we, what we believe is right. Help us make room for people. Help us spread your peace and grace. God, I pray that we may be a church who shares your love with people no matter what. God, I pray this for your most precious and most glorious name. Amen. Well, listen, I want to thank you for joining us. And I want to encourage you again, if you missed any of these uh, sermons in this series, go back and listen to them. And uh, I'm just I'm just so thankful for these conversations. I'm so thankful for everybody who is willing to be a part of these conversations. And uh, I'm going to say this like I say it every week, and I really do mean this. I love you. God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it, even if we disagree. I'll see you next week.